afternoon. What a way to kick off our service today. How many of you excited to be here? It's a party, isn't it? It's amazing. How many of you are in the room are Patriot fans? You're hoping that the Patriots win today. And how many in the room are excited about maybe the Rams beating the Patriots in the room? How many of you are like, I don't really care. I just, there's food. I hear you. Hey, I want to welcome you. I want to welcome those that are visiting us via stream. My name's Aaron. I'm the student ministries director here at the Troy campus. And we're going to play a game because it's football Sunday. And that's what we do here at Kensington. We have a party on this Sunday. And so I have a couple of volunteers, some, some helpers that are going to come up on stage right now. Let's give them a hand as they make their way. Now, in this game, we're, it's a simple game of rock, paper, scissors, but it's kind of a twist. And so we're going we're gonna to get you to kind of stretch out a little bit. And we, we kind of renamed it. Actually, we didn't. Google did. Uh, Ninja Banana Gorilla. So we need some help from our friends here. So this is Kate Rivers and Jacob. And they're two of our awesome high school students. They, they serve. They do so many awesome things. Uh, here at Kensington. Kate, why don't you show us what does the ninja look like? 
Yeah, just a ninja pose. There you go. However you want to do that, just don't poke someone in the eye. And Jacob, what does the banana look like? There you go. That's the banana. And and what it, both of you show us what does the gorilla look like? Just like that. Now, now if you see on the screens, the ninja beats the banana, the banana beats the gorilla, and the gorilla beats the ninja. And so just like paper, rock, paper, scissors, it's kind of a duel. And so we're going to have their backs to each other. And at the count of three, they're going to spin around and they're going to choose to be one of the three. So you ready? All right. One, two, three. And so we got the banana beats the gorilla. So Kate wins. Awesome. All right. You guys can have a seat. Thank you so much. So at this time, what I want to do is I want, if you're able, I want you to stand up now. Now, there's incentive to play this. I have a couple of gift cards to give away to some of the winners. And and it's really important that this middle section here, that you represent the Patriots, the two wings represent the Rams, because it's a Kensington Super Bowl predictor. I know. We've done the science. We've worked it out. It's going to be amazing. So I want to invite you to stand up and find a partner. And let's let the games begin. So go ahead and have your backs to each other. And at the count of three, here we go. One, two, three. Perfect. All right. Now, just to refresh your memory, the ninja beats the banana, the banana beats the gorilla, and the gorilla beats the ninja. So if you lost or if you tied, have a seat, please. If you lost or if you tied, go ahead and have a seat. Now, go ahead and find another winner. But I want just the Patriots to play against the Patriots and just the Rams to play against the Rams. So find another partner. Make sure your backs are to each other. Even if you're from a distance, that's okay. Just kind of lock eyes and know that you're going against each other. So here we go. At the count of three. One, two, three. All right. Ninja beats banana, banana beats gorilla, gorilla beats ninja. All right. Our winners stay standing. Find another winner. Find another winner, real quick, real quick. Here we go. All right, here we go. At the count of three. You guys can do it from a distance. That's perfect. You're wonderful. All right, here we go. One, two, three. All right. So how many? So we got a few more winners here. So let's let's do one more round. One more round. Find a winner. Find a winner out there. Put your backs to each other. And here we go. Are there any Rams left? Any Rams? Just put your hand up. Right back there, we have a couple. All right, and then we have a couple Patriots. All right, here we go. The count of three. One, two, three. All right. All right, I need need a one Ram winner to come on up to the stage. Our one Ram winner, and then just, just do it real quick, real quick, real quick. One more, this overtime between you two. But Ram, come on over here, young man. Come on up here, buddy. Yeah, you got it. Give him a hand. All right, so, so the gorilla beats the ninja. Gorilla beats ninja, so gorilla, come on up here. All right, so here we go. We got... We got the Rams and the Patriots for our Kensington Super Bowl predictor. What's your name, young man? Elijah. Elijah, and you are representing the Los Angeles Rams. Give him a hand. And we got we got Eric, another one of our high school students comes to edge. He's representing the Patriots. All right, so here we go. Put your backs to each other. And I want the whole, I want all of us to kind of count with me. One two three oh we can't have a tie they can't both lose it's overtime here we go the count of three count it off with me one two three both the ninja we got double it's an exciting overtime here we go one more one two three the gorilla beats the ninja 
All right, don't go anywhere, guys. We have some gift cards for you to Buffalo Wild Wings. Give them a hand. Now, we've been doing this all weekend, and the Patriots have come up. They've come on top. I don't know. Maybe Tom Brady, the GOAT, will, maybe he'll do it. We'll see. Hey, I'm excited to be here. I just want to draw your attention to one thing. Today, right now, happening right this moment, and so if you're a middle school student listening on this, today, because it's, super, it's the Super Bowl, uh, we are doing a special service or program for our middle school students right now in room 213. And so if you're in middle school, you can actually, I am inviting you. You can get up and you can walk out. We have some people out there that can help you check in. I'll follow you right out there and we'll head up. It will be a great time. So we're looking forward to that. That's exciting. Now, starting next week, we have a new series that we're kicking off and we're very excited about the conversations that are yet to come. And so why don't you check out this? So, Laura, you're upset with Ryan because he has a tendency to withdraw from conflict. Ryan, do you have anything to say in response to this? I just can't believe she chose Todd. Not this again. Who's Todd? You had a chance at Todd. It would have upset you. Oh, so now you're just going to pout because you don't have Todd? No, I'm not going to pout. Okay, hold on, hold on. I'm not going to sit. Hold, hold, hold. Why don't we all just take a deep breath? This is a bit different than I thought, but that's okay. Um, Laura, when is the last time you spoke with Todd? Spoke with Todd? I wish. Talk with Todd Gurley, the running back for the Los Angeles Rams? Laura chose Todd Gurley for her fantasy team. Oh. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Obviously, you've never played fantasy football. No, I, I haven't. I'll tell you what, why don't we just start from the beginning? All right, perfect. I know Amy and I have been through a session similar to that in our counseling, right? Uh, we, are, we are very excited about this mer- Vertical Marriage series because it is based off of a book that was just released by Dave and Ann Wilson. Uh, yeah, see, Dave and Ann Wilson, um, they're founding pastors of Kensington, if you don't know. And a couple weeks ago, they were, uh, uh, they were on the Today Show. And it was amazing because their book started off on Amazon at like 3,800. And after the Today Show, went all the way to number six that day of all the books on Amazon. Uh, so we were so excited about that. We were texting them. We were at a retreat at the time. We're like, Dave, you know, it's 3,800. No, it's 20. No, it's 16. Like, we were just texting. We were so excited about that. Uh, it really has just done wonders. And we are excited for them because they dedicated their life for 30 years. Uh, they're passionate about marriage. They've toured the country. They've taught so uh, much uh, about marriage and the health of marriage. That is their heartbeat. And finally, they have written this book. So next week, we are starting a five-week series called Vertical Marriage based off of that book. Now, here's what I want you to know. It's not just marriage. It is for singles. It's really relationships. Wherever you are in your relationship, this, this, all of this material can translate. So you're invited to come back and be part of that for the next five weeks. Dave and Ann will be on video at every campus every week teaching parts of the book. And then Amy and I will teach a little bit as far, and Robin and Andrew as well. So we really want you to jump into this. As we're doing these five weeks, there's actually a small group course that goes with it. So you've never been in a small group. It makes this kind of big church seem small. And so when you leave today, you can sign up many times with small groups right in your neighborhood. And you can get something very similar to your stage of life and where you're at. And you can walk through this material week in and week out. So we'd love you to be part of that. One other aspect of this I want to draw your attention to is last Wednesday, we're going to have a big book launch. But last Wednesday, the temperatures were like 100 below zero. And so we had to cancel that, and we moved it to this Wednesday at the Orient Campus. So we'd love if you could come out and just celebrate and cheer Dave and Ann on in our community because it's such a big win. So isn't that awesome? I mean, we are excited about that. We're also... I'm really excited about what happened last weekend. Last weekend, we got to do baptisms. And just at this campus alone, nearly 60 people got baptized. In fact, I love this picture. That's my friend Adam. Uh, Adam's part of our special needs community. He's just a joy-filled person. And so it was just amazing when we get to hear stories of people saying, nope, all right, I've lived this way. I'm turning and I'm going another direction. We get to hear what's happening in their lives, these, uh, these transformational stories. And not only that, but out of all of the campuses, 
Jesus. Two, over 250 people got baptized. And so we're just seeing a movement in this area that we're, we're just geeked about. Yeah, I love that picture right there. So good. And then the last uh, opportunity I want to point you to is something that we're calling Move Out Gathering. We used to do something called Leadership Gathering, and then we used to do something called Move Out, and we combined them, and it was just this amazing uh, marketing thing to call it Move Out Gathering, you know. So it's happening on February 22nd, 23rd. Now, this is a gathering for leaders, and I just want you to know something. All of you are leaders. You're leading yourself, you're leading relationships, you're leading families, communities, workplaces. Pastor Chris Brooks, if you don't know him, he's one of my local heroes. He is an amazing preacher and leader. In fact, now he's our neighbor. He's part of Woodside Church now, so I'm super excited about that. Clinton Michael Dupin, uh, Clint was our lead. Yeah, there you go, Clint's awesome. He was uh, a lead pastor of our Birmingham campus for many years and got a call to go to San Francisco and start a church there. He and his wife, uh, Michael, are gonna come and speak about that. And then Dan and Sophia Lynn, Dan has worked on the Lego movie and a number of other movies. He's going to speak about what that looks like as he's following Christ. And so we would love you to come back. It's a free, just two days, uh, Friday and Saturday morning. Love you to sign up, show up, and be part of that. Sound good? All right, listen, I got three questions for you. How many of you are excited about the game today? How many of you could care less? See, I, I knew it. And then how many of you are super passionate about the commercials? There you go. So in just in a second here, just stand up, greet someone next to you, and tell them what you're most excited about. Go ahead and greet one another. Let me ask you one more question, a fourth question, in addition to what Danny asked you. How many of you are excited about the food? Awesome, exactly. I was talking to a guy probably at our, um, at our first service, and he was so excited that he got to eat whatever he wanted today, and his wife was totally fine with it. It's like one of the only days of the year that he can eat chicken wings and pizza and whatever else he wants to eat. And I don't know if you guys saw out there when you walked in, but we have walking tacos. And I've only been able to consume two so far. And so I think I have like three or four more in me yet, but they're awesome. And so after this service, we'd love for you to drop by and to grab one of those before you leave. But I lived in Boston for several years, and it's hard to live in that city and not love the Patriots and not root for the Patriots and also not to love Tom Brady. And so that's who I'm going to be cheering for today. And I know all of you Michigan fans out there, you probably love Tom Brady as well. And you may not love the Patriots, but at least you love him. And so you're probably going to be cheering for him. Exactly. You bleed blue. And so, no, you don't. Okay. (laughs) There's a green person. Maybe there's green. Sorry. You guys are really passionate. I recognize this. It's a a topic that brings up a lot of conflict. Um, It's interesting, but it's good. So today, in light of the big game tonight, what we're going to be doing this afternoon is we're going to be doing something a little bit different in that we're going to be watching a video message where we're going to be hearing from a number of NFL players. And some of these players are going to be playing in the game tonight and others aren't. And we're going to be hearing some of their stories as to how God has impacted and changed their lives. And I was watching this video earlier this week, and I was reminded, and I was thinking about these NFL players, and sometimes when we look at them, we think, oh, you know what? These guys are living the dream life. They get paid millions of dollars to play a game that they love. They must not have any problems. But yesterday, Cody Wilson, who is one of our teachers over at our Lake Orion campus, he was reflecting and sharing about his time in the NFL because he was on the Detroit Lions roster for several years. And he was sharing that that season in his life was one of the most uncertain, was one of the most tumultuous. And a lot of the conversations that he had with other NFL players, they would tell him that they would walk away altogether from the sport, from the game, if it wasn't for the money. Because that was how unhappy they were. And I was also reminded of a conversation I had a number of years ago with a friend of mine. And at the time, he was a trainer for an NFL team. And he gave me a glimpse into their world and how crazy it can be. And the type of environment that they have to work in and also the crazy things that they're exposed to, especially when they're on the road. And so 
it's not the easiest environment for these guys to be a Jesus follower. And so the stories that we're gonna hear today are powerful stories because these guys, their lives have been so powerfully changed by Jesus that they've chosen to live for him. And so we're gonna be hearing about some of the challenges that they faced in their lives, how they've seen Jesus through those circumstances and also what they've learned. And as we're watching the video, I'm also, we're also gonna be receiving the offering. And so ushers, I wanna invite you to come forward to receive that this morning. And so if this is your first time here with us, please do not feel any obligation to give. Instead, what we'd love for you to do is after the service, we'd love for you to drop by the hub outside in the lobby and you'll see the people there. They have bright orange shirts on and we'd love to meet you and to tell you a little bit more about our community. But if you would like to give, there are a lot of different ways that you can give. You can put something in the offering bag as it comes around. But if you're somebody like me who doesn't carry cash around, you can text Kensington to 77977 and that's probably one of the easiest ways to give. You can give in less than 10 seconds. And Robin and I, we give online. And when I give, it's giving and being generous in terms of my finances is something that I've struggled with for a long period of my life. And when I give, it reminds me that what I ultimately have doesn't belong to me and it ultimately belongs to God. And it also challenges me to stop living my life like this, tight-fisted when it comes to my money and to live an open-handed life, which is a life of freedom, the way that God wants me to live in regards to my money. And so if you're somebody who does give, we want to say thank you. Thank you so much for seeing and believing in what God is doing in and through this community. And so let's check out this video and hear what these players have to say. It is not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. This man strives valiantly, and who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. Today is a day to dare greatly. Welcome to Football Sunday 2019. I'm Benjamin Watson, and in a few hours, the largest single sporting event of the year will be played in Atlanta. But in the next few minutes I get to spend with you, you'll hear some amazing and inspirational stories from NFL players and their wives. You'll also hear from some of the men who are playing in today's game. I've been in the league for 15 years, and I played on four different teams. I know these guys. I know that every man on every team has gone all out all year long. Coaches, players, trainers, everyone. And today, they'll take it to another level. This is a game where every player goes all out, and that's because they're all in. And by the end of the day, one team will walk away with the Lombardi Trophy, that reward we worked towards since we were kids with big dreams playing at the local field. It's going to be a great day, and I'm so glad you've chosen to be here with us, right here, right now. Welcome to Football Sunday 2019. There's a certain electricity, there's a certain energy about LA that I think is different than most parts in the world. Just the atmosphere is, is amazing as well. I mean, you know what they say, it don't rain in Southern California. The fans are absolutely amazing. They always come in full force and they're just screaming as loud as they possibly can. City of just love, just people, family for me. Uh, really just, this is home base. This is where I grew up. LA is awesome. The weather's perfect. You know, the people here are, are very welcoming. I mean, it's such a blessing to be in this position. You know, this is something I've dreamt of since I was a little boy. So to get the opportunity to go play in a Super Bowl, play for the Lombardi Trophy is incredible. I 
of it up here. Um, you know, it's been an awesome community to be a part of, and uh, you know, the winters are a little tough, though. The area as a whole, I mean, it's freezing. <laughs> it's cold. I mean, you know, we have great fans, great place to play. Um, not only are we teammates, but we're friends as well, and you see it by, you know, guys really digging into each other's lives. When I first got here, I was super surprised at how many believers in Jesus we have on the team, and it's a blessing to be here. And we're so excited and, and humbled and, and just thankful for having this experience, so we want to try to make the most of it. From his days in high school to playing at an elite college and finally making it to the NFL, Kirk Cousins continues to defy expectations. Kirk is that guy you want in your corner. This is his story. I remember one time in third grade, a, a kid came over as we were just playing catch innocently. He just came over, he said, you really throw the football well. And I said, oh, thanks, man. He said, no, no, no. You really throw the football well. And I thought, oh, okay. Played my very first varsity game my junior year of high school. And I knew that this was a big year for recruiting. So I knew that I needed to play well to have a chance to play in college. And in the very first quarter of the very first game of my very first varsity season, I got hit on my left side and, and broke my ankle. And I remember driving back from the hospital with a cast on my ankle. There were tears in my eyes, and I called my dad, and I said, Dad, because I'm going to miss this season, it means that I can't play in college. The dream is over, if you will, to play in college. And my dad said, Kirk, you don't know that. Uh, think of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he will direct your steps. At that moment, as a 17-year-old junior in high school, I made Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 my life verse. And um, from that moment on, said, I'm going to, I'm going to trust him and let him sort out the rest. A year and a half ago, I said it would be impossible to play college football, and now I'm signing a full scholarship to have college paid for to play for a school that would have been my dream school all along. You know, that was only the beginning, and yet at that time, I thought that alone uh, teaches me what it means to walk by faith and how big God is. And yet God said, Kirk, I, I haven't done anything yet. I'm going to take you on a journey here. Just keep trusting me. The night before the draft, my dad sat our family down and he read from 1 Samuel 16, where David is anointed king. And he said, this passage has the feel of a draft because Samuel goes to the home of Jesse and he says, bring out your sons from your sons will be the next king. Well, he goes through the, the first and he says, surely this must be the one. I mean, he looks the part. And the, the Lord spoke to Samuel and said, no, he's not the one. And then he goes through each one and he goes through seven. And the Lord says no to all of them. And so Samuel says to Jesse, do you have any other sons? Because the Lord said the seven you brought to me are not it. He said, well, I have one more, David. He's out in the field. I didn't even think he was in the running. So David, he said, bring him. So David's brought before Samuel. Samuel sees him, and the Lord says, that's the one. And my dad's point to me was, Kirk, there's a lot of outward appearance looking going on right now around the NFL with the draft, and there will be going forward. Ultimately, as you've seen through your upbringing, the Lord directs your steps. The Lord has his hand on your life, and the Lord is not looking at the outward appearance. The Lord is looking at the heart. My dad came over and he said, Kirk, do you know what number quarterback you were? And I said, no, I, I don't. I said, I know there's usually 10 or 11 that get picked in the draft every year. He said, you were the eighth quarterback. He said, we read 1 Samuel 16 two nights ago, and David was the eighth son of Jesse. He said, I think the Lord is speaking to you. He's saying, Kirk, I have my hand on your life. When you fly to Washington, just trust me that I've got the next year, two, three, four, whatever it may be, under my control. probably had more where are you God moments than I have had the moments where I know he's near. 
but I look back and I see he's faithful and he knows what he's doing and he gives us just enough. I want to see lives changed for the kingdom and I want as many people as possible to come to know the hope of the gospel, but also not only to come to know Jesus through the gospel, but then to make him Lord of their life and to see what I've seen in terms of decades of the Lord's hand guiding a life. And that's a journey that we're all on and we're all in different places on that journey. But um, that's what I want my life to be about. If we're not careful, we can view our lives through our own understanding of things. But God invites us to something better. He invites us into a life that doesn't always make sense and to trust Him in the middle of it anyway. You may be in the middle of a circumstance that doesn't make any sense to you at all. But Kirk's story, along with stories told and retold through the pages of Scripture, all point to a God who is working out a plan in us, through us, for His glory. And our invitation is to simply trust in Him as the author of our stories and then to watch him create the results for everything that happens in every area of our lives. Trust him. In the light, in the dark, he's got you, guaranteed. We've seen God do some tremendous work in the lives of our families, and they're loving their wives, they're loving their children, and they're being good men, both on and off the field. I think God is just my everything. He's been my crutch to lean on so many times when things are going bad. Uh, but I think that constantly refocusing on him is what's allowing me to continue to be on the straight and narrow and, and continue to be successful on this team. I'm a sinner, um, but at the end of the day, his grace is, is so sufficient um, in my life and it has been, and not just in my life, but my family's life. I think God in, in my season of life right now is, uh, you know, he's done some heavy work in my life the last couple of years and helped me kind of discover who I am on a deeper level. and and as a man of God and as a father, as a husband. These days I'm discovering God to be uh, really my, my provider, my protector, my healer. It's just amazing the work that, he, that he's doing in my life and my family's life. This year I performed my ACL, and so that obviously put an end to the season, but um, being able to every day work towards finding that, that joy in life that um, only comes from the spirit, there's, there's growth happening. Nothing in the NFL is promised. So waking up with the faith every day that God is in control, that he loves you, and that he's going to take care of you no matter what, gives you a peace of mind to, to operate on a daily basis. We try to do what we can by leading by example and hopefully building relationships. Therefore, we're able to feed into the guys' lives and do the best we can just for the kingdom of God. I'd like to introduce you to my wife, Kirsten. Hey, everyone. It's great to be with you today. Kirsten and I have learned a lot in our marriage about Jesus. And one thing we've learned is that at the heart of Christ is the reality of pouring the love of God into the lives of others. We receive the love of God in Christ, and then we give it away to the world. Case and Kimberly Keenum have made a commitment to do exactly that, wherever, whenever. Jesus calls this discipleship. And I'm really excited to give you a glimpse into the lives of Case and Kimberly Keenum. first memories of each other, uh, we played flashlight tag throughout the church, you know, at night. I remember seeing her run back to base and not, not remembering her name exactly, but her older brother, Brandon, who I was better friends with at the time, I said, uh, I, I got you, Brandon's little sister. And uh, I turned around and I said, that's not my name. And I ran to base. I don't know if that was the start of our <laughs> romance, but uh, it was definitely one of our first memories of each other. You know, coming into to college, I was consumed by football. Um, you know, was, I'm a competitive person. You know, when it didn't come easy, uh, you know, I struggled with it. You know, throwing one bad pass at practice or having a mistake, you know, here or there, uh, you know, really consumed me. And you know, it was a lesson I, I, I continually learned from freshman year all the way up to senior year when I hurt my knee that I was not just a, a football player that happened to be a Christian. I was a Christian who happened to play football.
Jesus really commanded us was his very last breaths before he left earth. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One of the best parts of that verse, one that really struck home for us is that word go. It's not just not just go, but it's as you are going. So uh, for me as a football player, uh, for her as a, as a wife, um, you know, whether you're a businessman, teacher, you know, construction, whatever you're doing, um, you know, as you are going, as you are doing those things, make disciples. It's not slapping them in the face with the Bible, but living our life as close as we can to chasing after Jesus. You know, coming out of college, I was un undrafted, signed Houston Texans, signed with the St. Louis Rams, signed back to the Houston Texans at the end of that year, and then traded back to the St. Louis Rams, moved with the St. Louis Rams to LA, and then signed with the Minnesota Vikings, and then this past season signed with the Denver Broncos. Moved four times in one year, right? Six times in seven. <laughs> place we've been, I've, I never want to leave that place without giving the best I've got, without getting to know as many women as I possibly can. I don't want to waste that year. I want to help point others to Jesus, no matter what I'm doing, and that is absolutely our goal as we are going. You know, one of those big things that we've um, you know, prayed about and talked a lot about is is having kids, having children. You know, a few years ago, decided that we were, you know, not gonna not try anymore. You know, and then a few years passed by and, you know, nothing was nothing was really going, so we started to get a little more serious about it. And uh, over the course of a, a few, you know, bumps in the road, some, some different uh, procedures, some different things that we've had to go through, um, you know, we're still praying that God's, you know, plan has, has children for us. kids is not going to give me this ultimate happiness. Like, yes, it's going to be so joyful and amazing, and I cannot wait for hopefully the Lord to provide that in our lives, but I still feel like He's just teaching us so much to find the ultimate joy in Him and in Him alone and just peace in Him, and I feel like the Lord has us in this time to be able to just have extra time to pour into other people. women do feel shame and do struggle with it so much and go through a lot more than what we've been through. And I just don't want to go through this time, like we were saying earlier, to be a waste. Like I want to be able to still help point somebody to Christ through the midst of it. Like I don't want to wait till I'm on the outside of it. I want in the midst of it, as we're going, to help another woman going through this. And I understand it stinks, but like God has purpose no matter where we're at in our life. not a doubt in our mind that God's plan is so much better than anything that we ever imagined. Last year we experienced two miscarriages and what I learned is that it's so much easier to stay silent and be isolated. But for the sake of others going through the same challenges, the Keenans are sharing their story for the encouragement of others. And I love that they're pouring Christ into people even in the middle of their own personal uncertainties and trials. And they're telling their story from the middle with no conclusion, something most of us would rather not do. And the Kenyans refuse to allow any day to be a wasted day because the love of God is way too important to keep silent. I'm challenged to quit making excuses based on my circumstances and to become someone who carries the love of God into my world, no matter what I'm going through.
What goes on here that's so special is the brotherhood in this locker room. You know, we've, we've got a lot of men in this locker room that are truly invested in uh, the relational side of things. There's no better group of guys I think that I could, you know, be on a team with them right here. Our culture here in New England is better because of the kind of men Bill and Robert have brought into our building and the way that they've impacted societies and churches and they don't leave anyone the same way. Everything that we do is for Jesus and um, he, he's everything. Everything that we do on the field, everything that we do with our families, everything that we do out there in the practice field is uh, we try to do it for his glory. You know, it's hard sometimes in this sport. You lean on your own understanding a little bit and, uh, you know, think you've got it all figured out and all under control and that's not really the case. Before I came to Christ, I was living so much for myself and uh, that's something that I continue to work on every single day. I'm not perfect, none of us are. I've definitely seen, you know, shifts um, work in my life and that's all through knowing him and having the Holy Spirit work through me. God's my everything. I mean, I'm in this position because of him. You thank him daily, wake up every morning, and I mean, that's the first thing I do just because, I mean, none of this is possible without him. He's proven himself to be so faithful this year. He's grown marriages, families, relationships, and that's so much more exciting than, than football going to the Super Bowl, even though we'll take that. But, uh, um, man, he's been really faithful this year. I re-signed with New Orleans this season, a city I played in before. And when I heard that DeMario Davis would be playing for the Saints too, I was excited because I know what he brings on and off the field. DeMario is a true leader. His personality draws people to himself, and then he redirects that toward God. But it wasn't always that way. This is DeMario's story. First year I played football, I played running back. I went out and scored like, you know, 50 touchdowns in a year. Our team went undefeated all the way to the championship game, and I just kind of knew uh, then that football was a possible avenue for success for me. Going into my ninth grade year, I'm introduced um, to marijuana, I'm introduced to alcohol, I'm introduced to uh, sex. This is a 14-year-old kid uh, dealing with this stuff, and I didn't have a father figure around to teach me, you know, what all that meant. All I had was to look to were the guys in the streets, which was drug dealers, guys who had criminal records, and I was looking up to those guys. So I just figured I was supposed to do what they did. I wanted to show them that I wasn't scared, that I wasn't uh, afraid to be a bad boy or whatever. I just wanted to impress them. I tried to jack. Um, another kid for his wallet. I tried to steal his wallet in the hallway and I ended up getting in trouble and getting um, expelled from school. I remember my mom calling me on the phone and just hearing her brokenness when she answered the phone, you know, just like, DeMario, what have you done? And when she said that, it was almost to the point of, you have messed up your life. And I remember uh, being out running the streets with some of my friends and we were breaking in cars. I punched the window and I cut my arm up and I have this uh, serious gash in my arm. And I felt like this was the first time I heard an audible voice from God. And he said, that's strike number two. The first strike was you getting kicked out of school. The second strike is you almost killed yourself tonight. If it would have been a few inches down, I could have gashed my wrist and died that night. That scared me to the point of, from the rest of my junior and my senior year, I cleaned up my act. I get to college, but the fruit of my life still isn't changed. I get back and I'm a, all of a sudden I'm at this college and now I'm a small fish in a big pond. So I feel like I gotta prove myself all over again. So I go back to drink and I go back to smoke and I go back to partying and I land myself in jail. We stealing groceries out of Walmart. And I just remember looking around and like, whatever I'm trying to do with my life, it isn't working. I had a chance to make it out and now my coach can take my scholarship and I'd be sent back home. And I, and I messed up my opportunity before I even played a snap on the field. Fortunately, the coach did not kick me off the team. He gave me another chance. Because a little while later, our team chaplain, who I'd been going to Bible studies with, he started to spend time with me in the Word. He was talking about, you know, these radical ideas that I had never even thought about. And then he started to show me in the Bible that matched exactly what he was saying. And I never had looked at the Bible in that light. A good tree can't bear bad fruit, and a bad tree can't bear good fruit. And he was talking about, this is talking about your heart. So my whole theory with God was, at the end of the day, God, you know I got a good heart. Well, this was showing me that I had a bad heart because nothing but bad fruit was coming from my life. But then he told me something that was reassuring and encouraging. He said, God will take out your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And 
that night I went home and I was scared and I just prayed. It was the most sincere prayer I had ever prayed. I said, God, I need a new heart. That's all I said. The next day I was hoping that everything would change. I woke up and by the end of the day I was doing a lot of the same stuff I had been doing. And I was like, man, you said that God would give me a new heart if I asked. He said, if you ask for a new heart, God will honor it and God will give it to you. It may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, but he's gonna give it to you. The message started to resonate and I started to understand why Jesus had to die on the cross. He had to pay for those sins. And until we get a new heart, we can't fix what's coming out of us. And that God wants to come inside of us and clean us so that he can draw us back to himself. And, and it was like he was taking the scales off my eyes. At that moment, he removed the taste of alcohol from my mouth. He didn't remove marijuana and sex right then. But I said, God, you're the Lord of my life and I'm gonna choose to serve you. When you wanna move these things, you will. And he did a little bit later. Um, he removed marijuana, and then uh, I was in an imperial relationship for five years. God broke it. He was like, it's time to get out of this, and I got out of that relationship. For two years, I walked in purity. I dated my wife, and then we were married a year and a half later, and that was the first time I'd ever did a relationship the right way. And to say that I've done that now, and then look at the, the benefits of uh, a blessed relationship and our marriage of after four years and our, our beautiful children, just to see that the fruit that's come from it, you just understand God is a God of order. And when we do things in his order, he can bless them more. I let go and I said, God, I'm trusting you. I don't know where you're gonna take me. And he's brought me closer and closer to him. DeMario's story is a great example of how God pursues us. It's a relentless pursuit of kindness, truth, and love. And DeMario needed God, even though he didn't realize it. And it may be the same for you today. All out, all in. It's not just a battle cry for football players. It's God's battle cry toward us too. The cross of Jesus Christ proves it. And the resurrection of Jesus gives it more power than anything else in our lives. We see it in Kirk Cousins as he trusts God when things don't make sense. We see it in the Kingdom's life as they refuse to allow any day to be wasted because the love of God is too important for them. And finally, we see it in God's unrelenting pursuit of DeMario. And now, the invitation goes out to you. What would it look like for you to go all out in your pursuit of God? And what would it take for you to be all in when it comes to the life he's inviting you to live? So on behalf of myself and Kirsten, of Kirk and DeMario and the Kingdoms, and finally, from everyone on the Football Sunday team, may you experience the love of Christ richly and profoundly. And may you take one step closer today to following in the footsteps of Jesus as he leads and guides you. It's been my pleasure to spend this time with you. Enjoy the game and have a great day. stories are so powerful as to how what God has done in each of these players' lives and their families' lives and also how he's used them to reach the people around them. And DeMario's story was particularly impactful for me, especially when he shared about the fact that he prayed and he asked God, God, would you please give me a new heart? He was in that place where he knew that something had to change in his life. And so he asked God, would you please give me a new heart? And God did. And it changed his life forever. And one of the verses that DeMario mentioned in his story comes from this Old Testament book called Ezekiel, where God made this promise to his people. And he said to them, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And when these words were first written more than 2,600 years ago, for the people of God, they were in a really, really bad situation because they had been kept, they had, but they had been conquered, that is the word that I'm trying to get out. They had been conquered and they had been taken into exile by these people called the Babylonians who were the world power at the time. And they're, so, they're, so they weren't in a very good situation. And the reason why they found themselves in this predicament was because they had a heart of stone. 
Their hearts were hard towards God. They wanted to have nothing to do with him. And when we have this heart towards God, so often what we experience in our lives isn't a true and a lasting joy, peace, or freedom. But so often, as we saw in Demario's story, what we experience is a brokenness as well as an emptiness. But the incredible thing about God is he doesn't simply just want to leave us there, but rather he wants to change our lives. And so what he tells us and what he offers every single person is a new heart. And he says, this is the extraordinary gift that I want to give you. And all we have to do to receive this gift is to believe. And Jesus tells us in the Gospel of John what we need to do to have this type of heart, to believe that God so loved the world, that he so deeply loved you and me, that he gave, that he sent us his one and only son, Jesus. Jesus entered into human history so that whoever would choose to believe in him, choose to believe that he came to this earth to die for your sins and for mine and commit to following him for the rest of our lives, that if we choose to make this decision, that what we will receive is not death, but rather eternal life. And what eternal life is, is not something that we receive after we die and go to heaven, but rather eternal life is the beautiful life that we have the privilege to step into the moment we make that decision, the moment we choose to believe. And it's a life of power, of purpose, of meaning. It's the life that God has created us to live. And he says that you can step into this. You can have this life if you choose to believe. And so God says, this is the new heart that I want to give you. And when we say yes to believing and we receive this new heart, what is able to happen is that we are able to have a new life. Because when we have a new heart, and in the scriptures, a heart isn't just simply the center of emotions, but it's the core of our being. It's the very essence of our being. So what that means is is that when we have a new heart, everything changes. And this is what we see in the stories here. And that when they, have, they had a new heart, they said yes to following Jesus and everything changed in their lives. And we saw it with Kirk Cousins and the fact that he was able to trust even when what was going on around him, even when he found himself in some very uncertain situations. He chose to trust God. And what we see in his story is that there was this underlying peace that was present in his life. Because what our world tells us is that when things are just not going well in our lives, when things are falling apart, when there's a ton of uncertainty, how we should feel is that we should be anxious, we should be nervous, and we should be afraid. But when we choose to trust in him, everything changes, and we're able to have this peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding. And I actually saw this in somebody in our community probably about a month and a half ago. And I was having a conversation with him on a Saturday, and he told me that the day before, he had been let go from GM. And he had been working there for years. And the day before, that Friday afternoon, his boss called him into his office and told him, you don't have to bother showing up on Monday. And he received no compensation. He received nothing. He was just simply let go. And he told me that him and his family, in the very near future, they were going to have to make some very hard decisions so that they could make ends meet. And I kept on saying to him over and over again, I'm so sorry. And if there's anything that we as a community can do, please let me know. And he said, thank you. But what he said over and over again in that conversation was that he said, you know what? I know God's got me. Because every other time in the past when I've needed him, he's never, ever failed me. He's always provided for me. And I have no reason to doubt that this time will be any different. And what he was saying to me was, I trust him. And even as I was talking to him, even though his heart was broken, that there was this peace that was present in his life because he chose to trust God even in these circumstances. But at the same time, what a new heart also allows us to do, which we saw with the Kenims, it allows us to radically love the people around us. Because one of the phrases that they used in their story several times was, as you are going. And that the vision, the goal, the purpose of their lives was wherever they found themselves, Whenever it was, their vision for their lives was to share the love of God, this love that had so radically changed their lives, to share it with the people around us. And their story was, was crazy to me because they had moved six times in seven years. Imagine just moving that many times in that short of a span. And during that time, they were struggling with infertility, something that is so incredibly heartbreaking. And imagine going through something that difficult and not having your friends and not having your family around. 
And when we struggle and when we face challenges in our lives, so often our tendency is to look inward. But yet because of this new heart that they had, they were able to continue to look out and to love the people who God put in their path. And this is what happens. When God gives us a new heart, it results in a new life. We're able to live a radically different life, a life of peace, a life of love, a life of joy, a life of significance and meaning and purpose. And so if there's anyone here or watching on stream and you're here and as you're hearing this about this new heart and this new life and this is something that you desire in your life and that you're not a Jesus follower, you haven't made the decision to follow Jesus, but yet you want that new heart. There's nothing mysterious, there's nothing complicated about receiving it and saying yes to following Jesus. Because as Jesus told us in the Gospel of John, as I mentioned, all it takes is for us to believe, to believe that Jesus came and did what he said he would do, to die for the sins of humanity and commit to following him for the rest of our lives. And so if that is you, where you are right now, I wanna invite you to pray. And all prayer is, is simply having a conversation with God and say to him, God, I believe that you sent your son to this earth to die for my sins. And I wanna follow you for the rest of my life. And if you made that decision and if you prayed that prayer, that is the most important decision that you will make in your life, the most transformative decision that you will make in your life. And if that is the decision that you made, what I wanna invite you to do before you leave this place is to tell someone to tell the person that you came with, tell somebody around you, you can do the same thing for those of you who are watching on stream. But what I also wanna invite you to do is jump into a group because we were never meant, God never meant for us to do this life, this journey by ourselves, to jump into a group and to have others who will walk alongside of us, encourage us, pray with us. And so we can also do the same for others. But this is the offer that Jesus gives to us and says, hey, you can have this new life. You can have this new heart and you can begin to live the beautiful life that I've always created, designed and destined for you to live. Let's bow our heads and pray. God, we thank you. We thank you that you love us so deeply and that God, that you want us to have this transformed life because you want us to live the life that you truly destined for us to live, God. And so I wanna pray for those who made that decision today. Thank you so much for them, God. Thank you so much for their courage, God, for the fact that you were just really working in their lives this, this afternoon to really make that decision. And so thank you so much, God, for them stepping into this life and saying yes to this offer to you, God. And so we thank you, Lord, for the way that you love us. Thank you for the way that you work in our lives, Lord. And I pray that as we go from here and as we continue on our day, Lord God, and as we meet the people that you place in our lives, that we would love them well, God, and we would communicate who you are, this love that you have impacted our lives with, that we would also, Lord, impact the lives of those we come into contact with today. And so we thank you and we pray these things in your son's name. So we're getting ready to sing a couple songs together. But as I was listening to Andrew, as well as some of the NFL players, and this idea of having a heart of stone and Jesus transforming it into a heart of flesh takes one decision, and that's to make Jesus the king of your heart. And the song simply tells us that we can trust Jesus because we know that he is good. How many know that God is good? <laughs> Scripture tells us to taste and see that the Lord is good. It also tells us that his love and his mercy endureth forever. So we know that God is good, not just some of the time, but he's good all the time. Somebody say all the time. In every situation, God is good when? So as we sing this out, let's think that let's think on that. Let's stand and sing together if you're able.
such a powerful reminder that everything in our life could fade away everything in our life could fall apart for these NFL players that we heard from today eventually the money the fame even their skills will fade away but when everything does what we can be assured of is that what will remain is the love of God and that is what we can anchor our lives to that is what we can build our lives on and so as we close today let's bow our heads and let's pray one more time God we thank you for this love and my prayer is simple that today God, that we would realize your love for us in a greater way. And as we realize it in a greater way, that we would also share it in a greater way with the people around us. And so we thank you, God, for your incredible love for us, that even when everything fades away, that will remain. And we pray these things in your son's name. Amen. So as you go, grab a walking taco outside and invite somebody else next week to come back for Vertical Marriage. Have a great Sunday, everyone.